0: I'm and you're listening to the Falcon's Nest Podcast.
1: Welcome Falcons to yet another lightning episode of the Falcon's Nest Podcast. I'm your host, Logan Willis. In today's episode, I am enamored and thrilled. To take you on a journey through the rich history of Marion M. Graham Collegiate, our very own school, which has played a significant educational role in our community for over four decades in counting. Before we begin, we would like to acknowledge that the Falcons Nest podcast is produced, recorded, and distributed on Treaty 6 territory, traditional homelands of the many indigenous communities, including Cree, Dene, Nakoda, as well as being the homeland of the Metis. We, the Falcons Nest podcast team, pay our respects to the first nations and metis ancestors of this land and are committed to truly listening and learning and we work towards reconciliation together if you are listening in a different location please acknowledge the traditional land you are currently on now we have our first segment titled Historical Fact of Marion Graham Collegiate. Let's start with a couple of comparisons from the past days to the present now of our collegiate. First things first, the opening of our school. Did you know that Marion Graham opened to a group of dedicated teachers from City Park School, recognizing that majority of students that were attending City Park actually resided in the Lawson Northern area? You heard that correctly. A majority of students attending City Park had to take the long commute or even walk to their school, even though they lived in the Lawson Area. That amounts to a grueling 5.6 kilometers traversed five days a week. And with the staff of City Park realizing this, they embarked on an ambitious endeavor who set out to design not just any school, but the first collegiate in the city, province, and possibly even the entire country from a group of everyday teachers and the first school built in Saskatoon for solely education. Previous schools were actually made to fit inside an already pre-constructed building and had to work with what they had already. While Marion Graham was made only for the idea of education and being more available and accessible to potential students living in Lawson Heights. Within the first year of Marion Graham opening, September 1984, over a 1,000 students enrolled immediately. That is 120 more students than expected for the school at the time, and 110 just moved into the area this year solely for Marion Graham Collegiate. We are here with an interview with Ms. Hupe. Ms. Hupe, would you please introduce yourself?
2: Hello, glad to be here.
1: And uh, we're here hoping to get a couple of questions answered for our segment on the history of Mary Graham Collegiate. Now, Masupe, our first question for you here is, can you share your experiences transitioning from a student from Mary Graham Collegiate to becoming a teacher at the same school you previously attended in high school? What kind of inspired you to return and teach at your alma mater?
2: Uh, well, that's a good question, actually. Um, so there's a couple of reasons. Number one, I moved back to Saskatoon and I live in the area. So of course, I wanted to work at a place that was close to my home. And um, the second reason would be that my experience at Marion Graham was really positive. Okay. And I was really happy to, to come back and hopefully recreate some of that positive um, feeling for students that are here today. So you
1: just wanted to give back to the community within your teaching pe- profession? Yeah.
2: yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh,
1: did you have a choice in the matter of picking Marion Graham for a teaching institution or did you just coincidentally come here?
2: Um well when teachers transfer they don't always have a choice but mm-hmm. I I did know the principal and I did know the vice principal and I'd worked with them before so I had reached out and said I really wanted to come to Marion Graham mm-hmm. and they luckily helped that happen for me.
1: So you had contact within the school. Correct. After yeah. a little bit in university and so just learning and stuff. Yeah, yeah that's cool. Interesting. Reflecting on your time here at Marion Graham as a student. Are there any memories or experiences you can think of here on the spot that give you a lasting impression of why you chose to be a teacher today? Especially at your own school.
2: Um, Yeah. Okay. So one of my favorite memories of being a student here was the very first pep rally in grade nine. Okay. And at that time, our football coach and the phys ed teacher, his name was Mr. Coffin. Okay. Mr. Coffin. Mr. Coffin. Yeah, really. Um, So what they did, here I am, little grade nine and our very first pep rally. And the football team brings out Coach Coffin in... (laughs) a coffin
1: oh my god
2: yeah and what they an so they carried they carried him out on their shoulders they had this coffin oh. and there was this music blaring and everybody was screaming and cheering mm-hmm. and then he threw open the coffin and he like jumped you know out kind of <laughs> and it was it was amazing and i just thought wow like that was that i'll never forget that that yeah. was so cool i really felt like that was the moment that i was like i'm a falcon like i'm part of the school yeah. this is so
1: cool and now that you're a teacher here, have you ever had the idea of potentially emulating an experience like that at another pep <laughs> rally?
2: Obviously, no. we don't have a student,
1: we don't have a teacher named Mr. Coffin. But uh,
2: yeah, no, no. Um, I'm I, I'm a little more I'm a little quieter. I'm a little okay. yeah. I'm that's not quite my style. But mm-hmm. uh, I really I really appreciate the people who can put themselves out there and do that. I think it's really fun. Yeah. I really like it.
1: So you're just much more reserved in that regard.
2: Yeah, and not like.
1: Maybe even planning, though, like just making a script or just sort
2: of... I I'll I'll leave that to the experts. I'll leave that to the performers.
1: All right. Awesome. As both a former student and now a current teacher at Marion Graham Collegiate here, has there been any shift in the school's culture and traditions throughout the year? Were we potentially more focused on the academic or athletic side of interest at the school? Or have we evolved from an environment like that?
2: I think now um, what I really like about the school is there is more diversity. Oh, okay. Um, so when I went here, it was pretty much everyone was the same. Yeah. Um, and there wasn't a lot of diversity in any clubs or anything like that. And what I love now is that I really feel like there's something for everyone here. Mm-hmm. And I think we're more inclusive as well, which really makes me happy. I'm glad
1: to hear that. Going back in time there. What were some of the prominent clubs or uh, athletic side of things that were going on at Marion Graham?
2: Okay, well, we've always been a, a, you know, a big football powerhouse. Um, When I was in grade 12, we we, uh, won provincials. So that was really exciting. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I think the athletics have stayed the same. Um, The clubs really... You know, there weren't as many clubs. Like SRC was big then, of course. Yeah, of course. And uh, we had a club called the Friendly Falcons back then. <laughs> what would uh, that be Is It was kind of a service club. So if there was an open house or anything like that, we would put on our little Friendly Falcon sweaters. Mm-hmm. And we would, you know, welcome people to the building and usher them around and things like that. Um, but there weren't a lot of clubs. Like there's so many more clubs yeah. now. And it's just so great. I love it.
1: Were you in any of the clubs when you were a student here previously?
2: Yeah. So I was a friendly falcon. Um, okay. I wish I would have kept the sweater. It was really, really good. Um, and I did try curling. I'm not much of an athlete, but I did mm-hmm. try curling for a couple of years. And I very quickly discovered that yeah, I should just, again, leave that to the experts. Yeah. Um, and then I got a job. And so I really kind of focused more on working but I was part of SRC in grade 12. That's exciting.
1: What were you doing as an SRC member?
2: Um, For SRC, I was part of the school liaison team. So we kind of connected with other schools to see what they were doing. Oh, okay. Which I think is actually kind of a cool idea still. Um, But yeah, we would reach out to like Walter Murray or Mount Royal. Sometimes we would visit the schools, the other schools, Mm -hmm. and just try to make, you know, good relations between the schools. So kind of like an ambassador. That's exactly right. (laughs) Yeah. So in social, you know, now a social... Social media—I don't know if it's really necessary because you mm-hmm. can just follow their Instagram or whatever. Yeah. But back then, it was one of the only ways to get to know kind of what was going on at other schools.
1: Could you share some of the interesting uh, anecdotes or historical facts about the school that may not be widely known by current students or staff?
2: Oh, okay. Um, gosh, yeah. What can I think about? Well. Um, anybody who's had me for grade nine knows that on the bulletin board in my room, I have my freshie beanie oh, Okay. because that used to be the thing that high schools did back in the day when you were in grade nine, you mm-hmm. were given a little beanie that you had to wear the first week of school.
1: So it's like sort of your freshie week. Yes, there.
2: exactly. <laughs> so I still have that. Um, when I came to Marion Graham, I really wanted the classroom that I'm in presently, 221, because one of my favorite teachers when I was here, mm-hmm. Mr. Gutwin, that was his classroom. Oh, okay. And that's who the Gutwin uh, library is named after, is Mr. Really? Gutwin. Yeah. Yeah, and that was his classroom. And he was a social studies teacher, and he was just a really kind and uh, wonderful teacher. So yeah. that really, you know, I always remembered him, and I really thought it would be an honor to teach in his classroom.
1: Yeah, of course. Um... What would you would you say that he influenced your style of teaching now?
2: Absolutely, yeah. Um, you know, when I was uh, in school in the eighties, it was a lot of like sit in desks, face the front, and listen mm-hmm. to the teacher. Mm-hmm. But Mister Gutwin you know, back in the like I said, the early eighties, it was really cutting edge to have your desks, you know, in a horseshoe. And to encourage students to talk to each other. Yeah. You know, and like I said, those were those were big ideas a long time ago. And so it always just, I've remembered that and I've thought about that, how he made us feel like our voices and our ideas and opinions really mattered. And it wasn't just about him and his class. It yeah. was all of us. So he was
1: a lot more of an engaging uh, teacher mm-hmm. and that's Very what you much try to so. incorporate to your teaching today. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No,
1: that's interesting. Can you discuss any ongoing projects or initiatives at Marion Graham that you're involved in as a teacher and how do they contribute to the school's growth and development?
2: Yeah. Okay. So um, I am one of uh, a few teachers who are on the learning council here at Marion Graham. And our job is to kind of make sure that Marion Graham is is following along with the um, school division ideas around equity and anti-racism and anti-oppression training. So I'm finding that really fulfilling and rewarding. I think that's really important here. Um, yeah, so that, and then, um, we have the GSA, which this year is pretty small because we, uh, graduated a lot of grade 12s last year, but you know, we're an open door. We're, you know, always here to support and encourage people and make sure that they feel safe and that they are welcome here.
1: Well, you guys hear that? Join GSA, come all together. It's an open door from Ms. Hupe herself. Absolutely, and um, say if anyone did want uh join GSA, where would they go? Or so. yeah,
2: so uh, we have uh, Tuesdays in room two twenty one, okay. and like I said, we're a small little group right now. But anybody is welcome to join us, and it's low pressure. You know, you don't have to feel like you have to come every Tuesday. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, we'd like to build it back up again, get a little bigger, and you know, maybe bring back the pride pops that we had for sale last year and do tie-dye at Summer Sizzler again. So we're kind of hoping to get more folks out and do some of those fun activities. All
1: right. Awesome. So that about does it for our interview today with Mrs. Hupe. Thank you for coming in. It was really nice to ask you those questions and see your insight on the history of the school. That's uh, pretty much about all for today. Uh, thank you for coming in.
2: All right. Well, thank you for asking me. I really appreciate yeah. it. And I'm happy to, to talk about Mary and Graham anytime.
1: Awesome. Thank you. Have a good day. Hello, Falcons. To yet another interview with one of our beloved teachers here at MMGCI, Mr. Roberts. Mr. Roberts, would you please say hello? Hi, guys. How's everybody doing? Okay. Can you share your experiences from transitioning from a student at MMGCI to becoming a teacher at the same student you previously attended in high school? What kind of inspired you to return and teach at your alma mater?
0: Yeah, no, I just, uh, so I, I had a really great experience when I was here as a student. Um, I was involved in lots of things, so I was uh, on the SRC, um, involved with soccer and band and choir and musicals and all these different things, and uh, really enjoyed it. So I had uh, some nice time after I, work, or I finished up my, uh, my degree at the College of Education. I was over at Evan Hardy for uh, pushing 20 years by the time you consider my internship. And uh, the opportunity came up to come back here. And uh, I said at the time it would feel like coming home, and it has. It feels like being home back here. It's uh, familiar. And it's still friendly, and it's still the same great place in a lot of ways.
1: And in our previous interview, you mentioned that Mr. Susie you had his dad as a teacher, correct?
0: <laughs> I, I did, yeah. Uh, Miss, so Mr. Susie's dad was here, and he was my teacher for social studies and for French. Yep. Um, so, you know, it's neat seeing uh, Mr. Susie Jr., I guess, back yep. here. Although I don't know if he'd like us calling him Jr. <laughs> uh, yeah, and so there, there's lots of other neat sort of things that have connected. Um, also, one of the ladies at the cafeteria... Right. Um, it made me big salads all the time when I was in grade twelve. I think I lived off of those. Uh, she's still here and she recognized me. Yeah, yeah so you know, there's uh, there's still a lot of connections from when I was here, um, and it's really neat though. There's obviously been some change too, but the vibe is the right. same, and and it's a very positive atmosphere still. It's a fun place to come into.
1: Glad to hear. Um, has the building changed at all, or is it still following the same layout? And so,
0: you know, uh, one thing that's a little bit different is when I was here, we had about twelve hundred students. Okay. So at the time, uh, we had several portable classrooms out back. And for some reason, I don't know, it's just kind of how my schedule ended up. Most of my classes were in those portables. So yeah, so that's that's now part of a field out back. So it's a little bit different in that sense. We had more portable classrooms attached, uh, but we still have the best commons in the city. Uh, I still have a great band room. We have classrooms with nice, lovely windows and uh, yeah, just great technology. And it's a great place. It's a great space.
1: Awesome. Reflecting on your time here at Marion Graham as a student, Are there any memories or experiences you can think of here on the spot that gave you a lasting impression of why you chose to be a teacher today, especially at your own school?
0: Yeah, I mean, there's so many different things that I can think about. I had lots of great teachers. You know, we've already mentioned Mr. Susie. Uh, I had a fabulous math teacher by the name of Mr. Campbell. Um, Mr. Campbell was a little bit wild. Uh, He taught me Calculus 30, which I really enjoyed. Um, And he had sort of funny little things that he would do to keep us motivated. One was if we were having trouble with a question and... uh, he thought that we should be getting it, he would start to eat chalk. <laughs> right yeah, right in front of us. You know, to, I guess to create a little dramatic tension and maybe make us work a little harder or whatever it was. But it, it was exciting and it made class fun. And he had a great sense of humor and he was really good with us. Um, I had a fabulous band teacher by the name of Mr. Cochran. Um, and, uh, you know, he was a big influence on all of us. Uh, the band kids were really a tightly knit group in those days. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, we just had lots of great band trips. We went out to uh, BC a couple of times and Calgary and uh, just did all the fun things that you do on band trips, some of which were silly and some of which were, you know, being in the band and performing and stuff. So, yeah, so just lots of great memories, and uh, you know, hopefully, you know, you come back as a teacher and you can help students create those same sorts of memories. Do you still do
1: any band-related activities? Do you still play any instruments?
0: Do you... not as much these days. No, that's one thing that I've kind of let go, and, uh, and piano as well, unfortunately, which wasn't something that I studied here. But yeah, I haven't been as musical. I've, but that said, um, I can. Say that music has definitely helped me out with math, um, you know, and it's something um, that is pretty closely connected. I actually did a course on um, mathematics and music when I did my masters at U Waterloo, um, and so it was really neat to be able to see those two fields connected. Um, so, unfortunately, you know, my, the answer is no, um, but it certainly had an influence on how I've done things.
1: As both a former student and now our current teacher at Marygram here. Has there been any shift in the school's culture and traditions for the years? Were we potentially more focused on the academic or athletic side of interests at the school? Or have we evolved from an environment like that?
0: Um, you know, I, I think one of the great things about Graham has always been that it's a school where you can kind of do all things. Like there's great academic programs. We have AP Art and AP Calculus, which is uh, sort of one of the domains that I'm involved in. Um, you know, we have terrific athletic teams. I know that, uh, the volleyball teams were recently in city finals. Um, you know, and that, that's just a tradition that's continued. I was involved with a really strong soccer team when I was in grade 12 and I know our football teams have always done well. Um, but that's the great thing about Graham. You know, we're balanced Is we have great academics, we have great athletics and we have great art. Um, arts programs. And I think that comes from the fact that we have students that are really keen and really get involved with the right intentions right. in these programs. And then we have uh, really good leadership from our staff all over the building. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's really neat to come be here and be part of this staff because uh, it, it's such a great group. You is know.
1: there uh, any clubs or so that you front, like that you're a leader of here?
0: Um, I'm involved with the GSA. The GSA, okay. Yeah, and we've also sort of been gradually starting a futsal program at lunch. As oh, we're, okay. we're building up to maybe having a World Cup tournament. Um, and I'm going to be involved, I think, as a manager with the boys' soccer team. Mm-hmm. Um, so there will be some soccer involvement there for me, which is great because, you know, those are things that were important to me when I was a student here. So uh, it's kind of, uh, I guess, a circle of life thing, right? Yeah, 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 for sure. Can you
1: tell me anything else about that futsal at lunch? Like, do you want to maybe even broadcast it to the students? Yeah,
0: so what we're doing is every second Wednesday, and I think we're going to start calling it World Cup Wednesdays. Um, We're starting off with pickup games. Um, And the idea is we just want to build a bit of soccer community. Um, I know that the boys' soccer team has been in the spring league, and, uh, you know, through the futsal, I'm hoping that we can connect with more students that are involved in soccer, maybe build that back up to an 11 a side team I don't think I'll be involved as a coach because of my AP commitments but I'll help out with some of the management and things like that and hopefully kind of help things grow that way so every second Wednesday uh, big gym, yeah World Cup Wednesdays with mr. Roberts and the soccer gang and any students are welcome to come out and um, we'd especially like to see any girls that are interested in playing soccer come out uh, because I know we have terrific uh, girls that play in the building Um, and I know that sometimes they're a little bit shy about getting involved with these things but uh, it's a great opportunity for them to play and to connect with the, the soccer culture in our
1: building. has a rich history. Could you share some interesting anecdotes or historical facts about the school that may not be widely known by the current students and staff?
0: Yep absolutely no this is this is one of my favorite ones uh, and it's a little bit of a legend and I apologize if the details are a little bit fuzzy but uh, we're talking about over 25 years ago so I'll do my best here uh, but I think we're in the middle of June. And uh, we were on a pretty warm, it was kind of one of those beautiful Saskatchewan days, about 27 above, sunny. And uh, so we're all in class. And uh, I remember I was actually sitting up in the science wing. And uh, it was period three. And uh, all of a sudden the power went out. So this was right at the start of period three. And um, it was kind of different. Now, my understanding of what happened was not only did the power go out, but there was also an issue with the emergency lights and some of the other things in the building that are needed to keep students safe. As things kind of progressed, they said, okay, well, let's get as many students as we can down in the commons. You know, there's obviously the windows there and stuff. So they started to kind of gather us up. And it was probably about 11.30 or 11.45. They said, yeah, okay, you guys can go home. So being you know, a little bit silly and teenaged at the time. Those two things are not mutually exclusive. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I uh, was hanging out with some friends in the commons We were talking about what we were going to do, basically deciding which beach we were going to go to and kick a ball around. And uh, as were most of the other students. I mean, there's students there, you don't have class, you want to hang out with your friends. And then all of a sudden, we've been dismissed, but the lights came back on. And everybody scattered. I have never seen this building <laughs> empty faster than that oh, I, t- it, it was we were gone it's, we thought we had blown our chance so we made a run for it we ended up at the beach I have to be completely honest I don't know if any students were in class that afternoon uh, but I know that we had a great time it was a great memory right at the end of our grade 12 year um, so you know I think about that one quite a bit um, again somebody perhaps somebody in the you know building management side of it or whatever from back then could explain exactly why it played out the way it did oh, yeah. but it, it ended up being a great day for us and a great memory.
1: That's good. All right. Well, thank you for being on the podcast. And yeah, no no issue. Thanks for having me. I would like to offer a tribute to the one, the only, Marion M. Graham herself. And a little bit of historical facts about her as the founder of our collegiate and her achievements as a general citizen of our city right in Saskatoon. First off, one of the most exciting facts about Marion, in my humble opinion, is that she was named Citizen of the Year for the whole city of Saskatoon in the years of 1971 to 1973. As well, Miss Graham has also been a member of a number of community organizations, including the YWCA, Saskatoon's United Way, the Saskatoon Council Woman, Women, Saskatoon Board of Trade, and the St. John Ambulance. That's quite a number of community organizations to be a part of. Before we move on to the conclusion of this episode, let's pause for a moment and truly savor Marion's legacy. Her life reminds us just how awe-inspiring the influence of one person can be, thanks to their unwavering dedication, innovative ideas, and heartfelt commitment to making our community better. Marion's journey is highlighted for our podcast today and is a vivid example of how education and active participation in our community can transform a city and it ignite inspiration for generations to follow. Now, for the actual conclusion, here's a special date for your calendar. From November 14th to 17th, we're hosting a Falcon's Nest fundraiser in the Commons during lunch. We'll be selling a delightful mix of Costco goodies and homemade baked goods. So bring your appetite and support your school community. Second, if you're a basketball enthusiast or simply looking to earn some volunteer hours for your facet classes or even some extra pay, we have a fantastic opportunity for you. We're on the lookout for dedicated scorekeepers for the up-and-coming basketball season. If you're interested, you can chat with Ms. decent in Room 200. It's a great way to get involved and support your school's sports program. Now, Let's give a big shout out to our yearbook staff for their incredible work on this year's yearbook, appropriately named Your Book. They put in a lot of effort to capture the essence of our school year. It's a keepsake you won't want to miss. But that's not all. We need your input, too. Keep an eye on the MMGCI Instagram account for up and coming surveys. Your feedback will play a crucial role in shaping the content of the yearbook, making it truly representative of our school community. So please take a moment to share your thoughts when those surveys pop up on the Instagram page. And last but not least, as we approach the end of the school year, make sure to double check your school fees to ensure you've paid for your yearbook. They'll be delivered in June, just in time for you to get them autographed by your friends before the summer break. That's a wrap for today's episode. Stay engaged, get involved and cherish the memories of the school year with your yearbook. Thanks for joining us and we'll catch you in the next podcast episode.